Happy football season, everybody. The football season is well underway this week. It's week one. And we're back here for another edition of the big Big Ten football show with your host, Daniel Mogollon. And this is our first ever Big Bets episode, B1G Bets episode, where I'm going to give you my weekly picks against the spreads. And uh, let's jump right into it. I got two big bets for you. We have a format. I think you're going to be able to catch on rather quickly. Um, So we're going to start out with the big bets. My first game was supposed to be uh, tonight's game, Temple, plus 14.5 against Rutgers uh, because of Hurricane Ida and the damage it is doing up here in the Northeast, particularly in New Jersey. This game is uh, being moved to Saturday. Now, you're going to learn something about me, folks, and, and if you don't know already, and you may have picked up on this by now from the first couple episodes, but I love a team with a good offensive line. And i got to be honest, I don't know a ton about Temple, but I do know that the strength of the team is a solid offensive line. So right there, I'm intrigued by this play. As I dig a little deeper, they have an interesting quarterback in Dewan Mathis, who was a four-star recruit. You may recognize the name. He was the opening day starter for none other than the Georgia Bulldogs uh, last season. Uh, He's from the Big Ten footprint. I believe he was an Ohio State commit at one point. He is from the state of Michigan. Um, You know, low four-star, but still not many four-star quarterbacks coming to the Temple program. He's raw. He didn't look ready for it last year. But it was a tough year for a freshman to start opening day, you know, during COVID with with the lack of a full off season. So I think he deserves some benefit of the doubt. Um, But this is really more about Rutgers and uh, my lack of belief in them. Uh, I do believe in Greg Schiano. I feel that this program will be a better program than it's been in in the past decade or so with Shiano back at the helm, but not necessarily this season. I think this is still a rebuilding year for them. Uh, 247 Sports did their uh, updated composite talent rankings, and Rutgers is still last. They are still last in the Big Ten. That's the bottom line. Um, and I think that's a lot of points to be giving with a with a team that really struggles to get big plays offensively. Um, it takes them a long time to churn out scoring drives. So, and Temple does have a weak uh, secondary, but you're talking about a Rutgers program uh, with Noah Vidrella quarterback that was in the bottom ten in percentage of pass plays over 15 yards. This is just not an explosive offense. Um, he throws, uh, you know, some of the most uncatchable uh, passes when going down the field on long plays. Bo Milton is an explosive weapon, but he's dealt with some of the most inaccurate passing uh, rated by uh, PFF on deep throws. So I think this is just too many points against a Temple program that before last year was a pretty consistent one in terms of making a bowl. So I think Temple's a potentially maybe underrated team. I think Rutgers is potentially maybe an overvalued team. Slightly, not a lot, but slightly. So I'm taking the 14.5 points, sticking with the underdog play and a group of five teams. I'm going with UTSA 
against the Illinois Fighting Illini. Give me those five and a half points. I was on the Illini last week as a home dog, but now they're laying points, probably with the backup quarterback starting. Uh, the latest is Brandon Peters, believe it or not, is back in practice, and he, he is able to throw the football this week. But uh, Sikowski is still expected to be the guy to get the start. Hey, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe the Sikowski we saw last week is going to be the one we see all year. Maybe this is going to be a Wally Pip situation and Brandon Peters isn't able to get his job back. But I, I, I got to see more from Sikowski than just one game. Um, I did not forget the interception he threw that was negated by penalty. That's a lot of what we saw during his time at Rutgers. This week, uh, cough, <coughs> Scott Frost, um, this week's coach will not be surprised by uh, Illinois' uh, defensive formation. And unfortunately, the defense will be without uh, linebacker Hart Jr., the NC State transfer, the kid who had the scoop and score. Um, for the Illini right before the half and who was all over the field. I was so excited about the type of tandem he could have formed with Hanson uh, as the inside linebacker duo. Unfortunately, he is out for the season. He had season-ending surgery. So that's a big loss to the heart of the, the Illini's defense. I think in UTSA, you have a legitimate, tough team. One of the better group in five programs, a team that's expected to go to a bowl game. They have a couple of pair of uh, they have a good pair of uh, receivers in Joshua Cephas and Zachary Franklin, who I think is going to test that Illini secondary more than the Huskers uh, did this game. As somebody who has Illinois over three and a half wins, this is the game. This is one of the games that scared me the most because it's that game that they're supposed to win, but it's tougher than you might think it is. It's not going to be an easy game, and I was surprised to hear. This isn't why I'm picking. A UTSA and taking the points, but I was surprised to hear that teams who play in week zero have a losing record against the spread in week one. You would think that having a week under your belt would be an advantage and it, it would, you know, you get the kinks out, you make those mistakes, you get them out of the way, those week one mistakes, especially in a sport that doesn't have the preseason, but so far that hasn't been the case. Obviously, this is a new thing. It's a small sample so not something to totally buy into, but just wanted to throw that out there. So UTSA plus the five and a half. All right, those are your two big bets. Now we're going to go to our bigger bets. That's right, the bigger bets. Teams I like even more. I, th I think that's self-explanatory, right? Um, I'm dance-splaining again. It happens sometimes. You'll get used to it. Let's see here. We got Iowa minus three against Indiana. The Hawkeyes... In my opinion, they're the better team. They're at home. The line should be bigger than three points. The line tells you they're even teams. The polls, which has uh, Iowa ranked 18th in both polls, Indiana 17th in both polls, will tell you that they're even teams. Well, I disagree. I think Indiana is one of the most overvalued teams in the Big Ten, coming off a 6-2 and two season. Um, I just did a little research for you, deep diving. <laughs> Uh, into last uh, season for the Hoosiers, they won six games. Do you know how many games, folks, that they won against a team that finished with a winning record? That would be a grand total of zero. They had zero wins against a team that finished with a winning record. 
So you can say they beat Penn State, that they beat Michigan, that they beat Wisconsin. These are accurate things. And as I've said before, I hope the fans in Bloomington, including my my boy Sammy Jacobs, Mr. Hoosier Huddle himself, partied it up after those victories. But I can't ignore the fact that those teams were down. So beating Iowa, if they beat Iowa, which if you're taking Indiana plus three, you're kind of saying they're going to do, right? That would be a better win than they had all of last season, which was their best year ever. I think uh, both teams have strong secondaries. Got to be honest, don't love the Iowa quarterback. That scares me a little in this game. But the difference is Iowa, they kind of they they want to throw. That's like bonus for them. That's the icing on the cake. Indiana, on the other hand, Indiana needs to throw the football. Their running game isn't that strong. The offensive line is not that strong. Arguably, PFF has them rated as the worst offensive line in the Big Ten, which is what, which is a big reason why I'm giving Iowa the, a huge edge in the trenches. They have center Tyler Linderbaum, who is the best center in all of college football and considered by most people to be a future first-round pick. That offensive line will control the line of scrimmage. They will dictate this game. They will run the ball. And conversely, the Hoosiers will be playing behind the chains. And they have one of the most opportunistic, one of the uh, better defenses when it comes at intercepting the football year in and year out. About five years running, they over the past five years, I believe they have the most interceptions in all of college football. They have a very experienced secondary. Their safeties have seen as many pass plays as any unit in college football. Pinnix, while he's good and while he while he could make some big plays and he has a great arm, he his accuracy tends to come and go, and he will float some throws. And I could see it. I, I have a feeling Pinnick is Pinnix, this is a bad matchup for him schematically and, and to what Iowa likes to do with their zone coverages. I think this is a prime case of where you could see those Pinnix misthrows turn into INTs because you have a defense that's facing the quarterback. So I'm taking the Iowa Hawkeyes, laying the three points, staying in the Big Ten West. I'm going with the Purdue Boilermakers laying a six and a half against the Oregon State Beavers. Seven, six and a half. That's the numbers that are out there. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting and I hunt and I find the better number. You know, I suggest you hunt as well and get that better number. I'm bullish on Jeff Brom. Bottom line. That's the biggest reason I am backing the Boilers this year. I have them at over five wins. This has got to be a win if they're going to get over five wins and make a bowl game. Um, I think he's a good head football coach. I'm expecting a bounce back season. Um, Oregon State does not have the ability to get after the quarterback. There's talk in West Lafayette that this could be the best offensive line that uh, Brom has had. They're very strong on the interior. There's talent at the tackle positions. And if that is the case, I expect them to shred this Oregon State defense because Purdue They have playmakers. David Bell is a legitimate number one wide receiver. He is arguably a first-team All-Big Ten performer. The guy catches the ball in traffic like nobody's business. Milton Wright is a speedster and a big play threat. 
You have Sheffield, who's outstanding after the catch. And let's not forget tight end uh, Payne Durham, who is a big-time weapon in the red zone. Jeff Brom's teams always feature the tight end. So I think Purdue's offense will have a big, big night um, taking on the Oregon State Beavers. Conversely, the only, you know, the only concern here is Oregon State is probably going to be able to run the ball. Now, the total on this game is 68.5. You're laying a touchdown. You're not going to win on a shutout here, okay, folks? They're, they're going to give up 20-plus points, but I think Purdue's able to put up over 30 on the on these uh, Beavers, and Oregon State will not be able to keep up simply because their passing offense just isn't up to snuff, and that is how you beat Purdue. You beat Purdue by attacking their secondary, but Oregon State's offense is complex. It's more old school. There's less easy throws. They don't have the RPOs. They don't incorporate much in terms of screen play. So I think it's going to be an easier defense. It's a simpler defense for uh, offense, I should say, for Purdue's defense to handle, which is why I think Purdue gets a big win and gets 2021 off to a good start. One more in the uh, bigger bets category, and that is Sparty getting the three and a half on the road. Um, at Northwestern, this is a game similar to last week where I had over on Illinois, under on Nebraska, needed that big upset, came through with a huge upset, not only covered the spread, I think I think the same thing is going to happen here. We got Michigan State, I gave you over four and a half wins for Michigan State. We got Northwestern at six and a half, I gave you the under six and a half wins for Northwestern. Michigan State will cover the three-and-a-half spread. I think they have a very good chance to win this game. This Northwestern team lost so much from last season. I, I really do, It feels like people are not acknowledging this. They must replace their starting quarterback. They must replace their top four pass, catcher, pass catchers from last season. Leading rusher Cam Porter was injured just a couple of weeks ago, so he has to be replaced on the other side of the ball, eight starters are gone, including their top two tacklers, including their best pass rusher. Oh, yeah, and Greg Newsom, the second cornerback who was a first-round pick in the NFL draft. I think it's going to be a rough year for the Fighting Illini, who even when they have their big years are usually not blowing teams out and playing close games. I think they will struggle, really, really struggle to move the ball against Michigan State. Um, you're talking about a team that still has a strong uh, front seven, uh, six when they go to those dime packages, which, which we're probably going to see a lot. Um, they brought in a few guys to add speed and athleticism to the Michigan State defense, including uh, Crouch, who was a five-star uh, player coming out of high school, running back slash linebacker who has been a linebacker for the Tennessee Volunteers. He projects to be in Michigan State's starting lineup, and their defense is led by Jacob uh, Panaschuk and Drew Beasley, two sixth-year super senior defensive ends who are going to make it a long day for the Northwestern offense. I, I honestly, if no, I don't see how Northwestern scores more than like 13, 14 points in this game. Um, and maybe 17 max. Even then, something's going to have to bounce their way. I would not be surprised to see a, you know, 13-10 Michigan State win, 16-13, something like that, 14-13. So maybe, you know, I'm not a huge totals guy, 
but maybe you might think about Michigan State combining that with the under uh, total 46 points. Maybe sprinkle a little on Michigan State uh, money line plus 135 uh, there with the Spartans. Finally, we have our biggest bet. We get, I gave you two big bets. Then I gave you three even bigger bets. Now I'm giving you the biggest bet of the week, and that is the Michigan Wolverines laying 16 and a half, 17 in some places over Western Michigan. I'll, I'll give you the breakdown. Uh, I think Michigan is one of the more undervalued teams going into the country. I hear a lot of people making mistakes, saying inaccurate things about Michigan. Um, and I think that adds to the uh, misconception of where this program is. Um, prior to last year, the worst season Jim Harbaugh had was eight wins in a 12-game season, yet their number is only seven and a half. That right there tells me how undervalued they are going into this year. I hear a lot of people saying they don't have talent. They just don't have the talent. Well, they don't have Ohio State talent, but they have more than enough talent to take it to Western Michigan. And going back to that uh, composite that 247 Sports put together, they have the second most talented roster in the Big Ten. And I think you're going to see that in display in Ann Arbor with 100,000 people for the first time in two years against Western Michigan. I think they're going to run the ball up and down the field with Hassan Haskins, with speedster Blake Corum, with true freshman Donovan Edwards, one of the arguably the most talented running back recruit to come to Michigan in, in two decades. I think the running game is really going to go off. I could see them going for 250, 300 yards on the ground. I think the passing game will feed off that. I think you're going to see them build up Cade McNamara's confidence with some easy throws. I think maybe, maybe Harbaugh finally found his quarterback in McNamara, who is, you know, they you get the label game manager, but in today's football with the RPOs, hey, game managers are superstars. You could be a superstar quarterback as a game manager. I think the talent gap is is wide here. Western Michigan does not have a strong defense. They gave up high 20s, 30 points in every game but one last year, playing in the MAC. And now, after playing only a max schedule all of last season, they got to step it up big time in competition, facing a Big Ten team in the big house with a huge crowd. I think, I think they could be in shock in that first quarter. So I'm expecting Michigan to jump out to a big lead. I'm expecting Michigan to score a lot of points. They know this, the, these guys, this coaching staff, these players – they hear everything. They know what people are saying about them. And I think they are extremely, extremely hungry to come out and show that last season's putrid effort, and it was a putrid effort, was an aberration. This is a bit of a reboot. It's, a, it's not a full clean slate, but it's a bit of, of a reboot for the program. A lot of changes, a lot of young blood in terms of the coaching staff. 
So that may give some concerns to people, which I understand those are legitimate. But ultimately, I believe this is an undervalued team. Take them now because they're probably not going to be undervalued for that much longer if they're as good as I believe they will be in 2021. Look for that's the biggest bet. Look for Michigan State to roll over the directional school, Western Michigan, the Broncos. So just to recap quickly, we have two big bets. Temple plus 14 and a half against Rutgers. That game has been moved to Saturday. We have UTSA plus five and a half at Illinois. Hopefully, I'm hoping a cover and an Illinois win to get me that much closer to going over three and a half. Then we have three bigger bets for you. Lay the three points with the Hawkeyes against Indiana. Lay the full touchdown or six and a half, I should say. I'm getting that six and a half. Give me that half point, folks. I'm hunting for it. I hunted it for it. I caught it. Now I'm going to gobble it up. Six and a half points against Oregon State. Speaking of gobbling up, I'm taking those three and a half points with the Spartans against Northwestern, calling for a potential out, uh, outright win. But hey, three and a half points. If you want to sprinkle a little on the win toad, uh, on the win money line, please do so. And then finally, our biggest bet, Michigan Wolverines laying the 16 and a half against Western Michigan to have an emphatic um, don't forget about us type of performance out of Jim Harbaugh and the Mason Blue. That wraps it up. First edition of our Big Bets episode. Good luck.